Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today we take up from where we left off, beginning with December 11th, 1918, Part 3, pages 156 through 158. December 11th, Part 3. When I arrived at the cathedral, Monsignor Mikulkevich met me at the door with a group of priests and spoke briefly in greeting. Having dressed in the bishop's robes, I began the usual ceremony of installation. A great many people had gathered, it was very crowded, and there was no room for all of them inside the church. I briefly addressed the priests in Latin from the bishop's throne. Then I spoke to the people from the pulpit, first in Polish, then in Lithuanian. The canon who was assisting read the gospel in Polish only. When I finished my sermon in Polish, I asked if the gospel would also be read in Lithuanian, but he answered that such was not the custom here. It seemed to me that before the Lithuanian sermon, the gospel should also be read in Lithuanian. However, I passed over the matter in silence and began to speak in Lithuanian. I spoke to the people with as much warmth and sincerity as I could. Both Poles and Lithuanians seemed satisfied. After solemn mass, as I was going out with Monsignor Hanusovich, I repeated my request that the representatives of the Lithuanian Council and officials of state be given first place. I had a feeling that there would be some unpleasantness. As I entered the bishop's residence, Monsignor Mikulkevich met me with bread and salt. The other monsignors and canons also arrived. The representatives and the various delegations were assembling in the reception rooms on the second floor. As I was going up to breakfast, Canon Kukta came up to me and told me that if the chapter agreed to allow the representatives of the Lithuanian Council to be the first to address me, they would come, otherwise they would not. I replied that Monsignor Hanusovich had assured me that he would not oppose such an arrangement. Then Canon Kukta sent a coachman to bring the council representatives. When I sat down to breakfast, Canon Lubyaniats came in and sharply protested against the request of the Lithuanian council members to speak first. According to him, the arrangement had been for the Polish delegation to speak first, followed by the Lithuanians, and that this order should be preserved. I answered that, in my opinion, it was a matter of civil courtesy. In church, I had spoken in Polish first, then in Lithuanian, since the Poles are in the majority. But the Lithuanian council is, after all, a kind of government. The Holy Father had greeted it in Munich. Nuncio Pacelli had uh, negotiated with it. The Germans had given it a certain measure of authority. Besides, it represented a significant part of the country. Consequently, it seemed to me that according to civil protocol, it should be given first place. The other members of the chapter said nothing against this, and Bishop O'Rourke agreed with me. Canon Lubianietz then insisted that I immediately go to see the delegations since they were waiting. It had been decided that I would meet with the delegations at two o'clock. However, I said that as soon as the representatives of the Lithuanian Council arrived, everything should be stopped and the council members allowed to come in. 
Lubianiets said that perhaps it would be better if I received them separately in a little room. I replied that it would be better not to receive them at all than to insult them in this way. The greetings began. First came the Polish representatives, afterward the Lithuanian, and then the Belarusian. Canon Lubianiets wanted me to reply to the Poles immediately after I heard them out. Apparently he wanted the Poles to be free to leave after I had spoken to them, but I said that I would reply to each group in turn after I had heard all that the various delegations had to say. To the best of my ability, I spoke sincerely, first to the Poles, then to the Lithuanians, and finally to the Belarusians. I addressed the latter in Polish, since I did not know any Belarusian. I told them all that I had come to serve everyone equally, to love them all without exception, and that in the relations between nations as between individuals, we must follow the moral principles of Christ. No one has the right to hate, insult, or mistreat anyone. We must love one another equally, and so on. In this part of the entry, Blessed George speaks of his installation in the Vilnius Cathedral on December 8, 1918. From his bishop's chair, called the Cathedra, uh, he spoke to the priests in Latin. This throne, or chair, is a symbol of the bishop's teaching authority, and the word cathedral comes from it. A bishop is a successor of the apostles, and the priests gather around him in the cathedral on special occasions such as this. From the pulpit, Blessed George then addressed the people in Polish and in Lithuanian. The gospel was then read in Polish, and Blessed George preached in Polish. He asked that the gospel then be read in Lithuanian, the canon said that it was not the custom there to do so. As the new bishop, Blessed George could obviously set new customs, but he remained in silence so as not to cause trouble on his installation day. He addressed each group with warmth and sincerity. The political maneuvers continued as Blessed George went to the bishop's residence for breakfast. There were misunderstandings and maneuvers by each side. Blessed George wanted to be a shepherd of his flock, but in that city, at that time, with so many antagonistic groups, it was difficult to avoid politics completely. Blessed George tried his best to not insult any group and to express his love for all. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, Grant me the grace, and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.